The Atlantic Division landscape is shifting, but has it shifted enough to disrupt who's in and who's out of the playoff picture next season? We're going to discuss this and more on today's episode of Locked On Boston Bruins. Your Locked On Bruins, your daily podcast on the Boston Bruins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, Bruins fans, and welcome back to the Locked On Boston Bruins podcast. I'm your host, Ian McLaren, and this is a daily show where we discuss all things spoke to be. Today is Wednesday, July 19th, and I want to thank you so, so much for making Locked On Bruins part of your day every single day. For those new to the podcast, it is free to subscribe on your favorite podcast app, as well as on YouTube. Please do hit that subscribe button so that you do not miss a thing. And today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. FanDuel is the official sports book of Locked On. You can make every moment more by visiting fanduel.com slash locked on today to get started. Quick reminder, you can find the podcast on Twitter, Instagram, at LockedNHLBruins. You can find me, my dad jokes, hockey thoughts, at ENC McLaren, taking a bit of a Twitter break over the summer. You can find me on threads. Also got a blue sky invite the other day, testing the waters, see what the next thing is going to be, seeing as Twitter, uh, not, not optimal these days. Programming note before we jump into things, uh, the podcast will be going down to three shows a week beginning in August. Uh, supposed to begin this week, but I'm going all five days because I will be on vacation next week, and there might only be one one podcast next week. Going to Ottawa for a family wedding, and then we're going to a cottage uh, for four nights afterwards. So looking forward to that break. I will be bringing my computer, so if anything breaks in terms of Trent Frederick, Jeremy Swayman, I'll be sure to jump on and uh, and touch on that real quick. For breaking news videos, be sure to be subscribing to the YouTube channel. Hey, Bessie's here. All right, on today's episode, we are looking at the Atlantic Division. Typically, during the season on Tuesdays, I do Atlantic Division Power Rankings. On Thursdays, I do a Cup Check, which is a weekly look at the top five teams around the NHL. And... Um, whether or not their cup is half full, how they're tracking in terms of cup contention. Uh, Today, looking at the Atlantic division, who's gotten better, who's potentially gotten worse, and ultimately, are the Bruins a playoff team in this group? Going to be referring to an athletic article that dropped this morning by Dom Lecician who takes a look at all 32 teams which have improved the most this offseason. And are those improvements good enough to change the playoff picture? In terms of who's better among all 32 teams, Dom has the Detroit Red Wings as having had the second best offseason so far. 
They've added Alex DeBrinkett, Daniel Sprong, Shane Gostas-Bear, JT Comfer, Justin Hole, James Reimer, Clem Costin, and Kristen Fisher. And they lost Dominic Kubelik, Robert Hag, Pius Suter, Jordan Osterley, and Philip Zadina. DeBrinkett, of course, is a huge get for the Red Wings. Immediately adds some pop to their lineup. Bessie. They could have a top line of Mason Raymond, Dylan Larkin, Alex DeBrinkett, and uh, that's going to be pretty dynamic top line to be sure. Gostas Bear adds some puck moving on the back end. Comfer, some depth down the middle. Costin as well. Sprong had a really strong season last year for Seattle. There's a lot going on here. They already, of course, have uh, Vili Husso and Net. The Red Wings much, much improved. But are they still a playoff team? I don't know. I, and again, we'll talk about that in the third segment, who I believe the playoff teams will be in the Atlantic. But Detroit, no doubt about it. They've made some steps, and the eyes are playing well underway in Detroit. The next team that Dom has pinned in the Atlantic as having made some improvements, the Montreal Canadiens. Uh, Jonathan Drouin out, Joel Edmondson out, and in comes Alex Newhook. Uh, Newhook, first round pick, Colorado a few years ago, never quite panned out there, and... It never quite panned out for Jonathan Drouin in Montreal either. Uh, a pretty solid bet for the Canadians. Sending Drouin to the Avs for New Hook, giving him New Hook, that is, a, a new contract. And we'll see if he pops in Montreal as Kirby Doc did last year after having come over from the Chicago Blackhawks. Edmondson, Dom says. Just subtracting him from the lineup really improves the Montreal Canadiens. I still have them at or near the bottom of the division, but Ken Hughes, Jeff Gordon, well on their way to building something in Montreal anyways. We'll see if 2022 first overall pick, uh, Drash Slavkovsky, can make uh, some inroads this coming season and um, help that team take the next step. But I still don't see them as being really in playoff contention. One other team he picked as making some positive moves, and this is based on Dom took every team in the Atlantic, looked at their goal difference, and assessed whether they added or subtracted in terms of Goal differential. He has the Ottawa Senators as adding 2.9 goals despite losing Alex Debrinkit. Huge loss. Donovan Kubelik, you know, it's an okay return, but he's no Alex Debrinkit. Up front, the Senators are a much less formidable team going into next season. And they could have an even, I don't want to say bigger loss, but there could be some repercussions coming with regards to Drake Batherson and the team Canada report that we're all waiting for 
uh, that could result in some suspensions from that 2018 team that was involved in a sexual assault allegation. Where there's hope for Ottawa is perhaps in net. Cam Talbot's gone, but they made a big swing on Eunice Corpusalo. Uh, he should be an above-average goalie for the Senators, give them a chance to win each and every night. Well, I mean, per se, he's, he's not the best goalie in the world. You remember I talked about perhaps the Bruins signing him for cheap if they decided to trade Linus Ulmark. He's a very capable goalie, and we'll see if uh, he is an improvement over the uh, duo last year of Cam Talbot and Anton Forsberg. So those are the teams that have seemingly gotten a bit better in the Atlantic. And part of that is because, you know, the bar was a bit lower for these teams. We're going to talk after the break about teams that may have taken a step back. And then later on, uh, assess who could be in and who could be out of the playoff picture in the Atlantic division. Today's episode is brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Major League Baseball and the Locked On Podcast Network. You can take your first swing at betting on Major League Baseball on FanDuel and get 10 times your first bet amount in bonus bets up to $200. So if you bet 20 bucks, you land $200 in bonus bets, win or lose on that initial deposit. That's 200 you can spend betting on everything from the money line to over under to who you think is going to hit the first home run. All on an app that's safe, secure, super easy to use, and when you win, you get paid instantly. No better place to bet on Major League Baseball than FanDuel, America's number 1 sports book. Sign up today. Visit fanduel.com slash locked on. Get up to $200 in bonus bets. That's fanduel.com slash locked on. Fanduel, the official partner of Major League Baseball. Thank you so much once again for making Locked On Boston Bruins part of your day every single day. We will be hosting shows Thursday and Friday on. Thursday's podcast, you can expect a look at three reasons why, well, not why the Bruins will be better next season, but three reasons why there is reason to hope that they won't take a precipitous drop at the very least. And then on Friday, we're doing a mailbag, so please send in some questions. Already got a great one via YouTube. You can send them in there in the comments or hit me up on Twitter threads instagram at locked nhl bruins or at ian c mclaren all right which teams may have taken a step back in the atlantic division well there's several according to dom from the athletics model and the buffalo sabers despite having an all-world offense continue to have some problems on the blue line and despite the fact they signed eric johnson and Connor Clifton, um, not too much of an upgrade on the blue line there. Clifton, as we all know, has potential as a puck mover, not exactly a bona fide top four defenseman. Eric Johnson, uh, he's going to bring some veteran experience and leadership, but on the ice, not much of an upgrade there. And, you know, the biggest need in Buffalo is in net 
Devin Levi, of course, is a star in the making, but is he ready yet? Will they rely on Ukapeka Lekkonen or Eric Comrie still? Um, They really do need to address that situation in net before taking huge steps. Of course, so much talent up front on the blue line. Rasmus Dahlin, Owen Power. Um, I'm pretty high on the Sabres heading into next season. I think they could be a team to watch for sure. Tampa Bay Lightning, a lot of changeover there. They lost Alex Killorn. That was after losing Andre Palat last offseason. Ross Colton, Corey Perry, Patrick Maroon, Pierre-Edward Bellamar, um, Ian Cole. In comes Connor Sheary, Calvin DeHaan, Josh Archibald, Logan Brown, and Luke Glendening. Could be a pretty big drop-off for the Tampa Bay Lightning this season. You know, they've got their cups. They have the core locked up. They brought in Tanner Janot. We talked about him the other day with respect to comparing his contract to Trent Frederick's ask. But they've lost quite a bit um, in Kalorn, Palat over the last couple years. And... While they still have Andre Vasilevsky in net, Mikhail Sergachev kind of overtaking Victor Hedman on the blue line, Nikita Kucherov, Steven Stamkos. Um, might, and they did lose to Toronto, don't forget, this past year. Uh, there'll still be a playoff team, I'm sure, but not quite as dangerous as they used to be. Now, Teams 30, 31, and 32 on the list of teams that have improved the most this offseason are the Florida Panthers, the Toronto Maple Leafs, and our Boston Bruins. Let's start with Florida. They lost Anthony Duclair and Radko Gudis. They brought in Evan Rodriguez, Dmitry Kulikov, Oliver ekman Larson, among others. Um, their two best defensemen will likely start the season on IR. And with Gudis moving on, could be a rough start in Florida. Obviously, they have a knack for finishing strong. And they do have some elite talent in Matthew Kachuk, Alexander Barkov, um, Anton Lundell looking to make a next step. Sergei Bobrovsky had a strong playoff. Spencer Knight likely back after a stint in the NHL, NHLPA assistance program, uh, but they could take some steps back and it's reasonable to suggest they might not even be in the playoffs considering they just squeaked in before going on that miraculous run and finished only a point ahead of the Buffalo Sabres last year. The Maple Leafs, some big losses there as well. Michael Bunting, Ryan O'Reilly, Eric Gustafson, Alex Kerfoot, Luke Shen, Nolachari, Justin Hole. They brought in Tyler Bertuzzi, John Klingberg, Max Domi, Ryan Reeves. Reeves, there's really no reason to have a guy like him in the lineup. You can make the same argument for Milan Lucic in Boston, although Lucic probably has a little more offensive upside than uh, than Reeves. Uh, Bertuzzi should be an upgrade over Bunting. Domi could offer more offense than O'Reilly. Klingberg 
more pedigree than Gustafson, but Domi and Klingberg, you know, really leave a lot to be desired when it comes to playing without the puck. And Bertuzzi is not especially, I mean, he's a decent two-way player, but we saw some miscues as well. Now he should have a pretty good season if he's playing with Austin Matthews and, and Mitch Marner or William Nylander. Um, but the Maple Leafs, Dom is assessing as a minus 16.7 when it comes to goal difference added. Now, all of this is pretty good news for the Bruins because if the division overall is a bit weaker than it was, then they should be able to keep up. Dom gives them a minus 27.6 goal difference. James Van Riemsdyk in, Kevin Shattenkirk, Morgan Geeky, Patrick Brown, Milan Lucic. Out, Taylor Hall, Dimitri Orlov, David Krejci, question mark, Tyler Bertuzzi, Connor Clifton, Garnet Hathaway, Nick Foligno, Craig Smith. He was already gone from last season. I'm not sure. Now, Dom is saying likely retirement of Patrice Bergeron looms large, and it doesn't help that David Krejci likely follows. Not seeing where... I don't think Bergeron's retirement is likely. Uh, I think Krejci unlikely to be back, but um, there's still kind of two ways to look at Boston next season with Bergeron and without. Now, obviously without huge holes at center and Zaka Coyle unlikely to be able to carry the load as one and two centers. Uh, They lost so much offense in Hall, Bertuzzi, uh, even Nick Foligno, James Van Riemsdyk, Kevin Shattenkirk, unlikely to make up that difference. He writes, the Bruins are going to be significantly worse and see their true talent level drop, but it's not cataclysmic enough to take the best team ever all the way out of the playoffs. We don't know for sure how the team will fare after losing are potentially losing both top six centers, but some all-world pieces remain. Bottom line, he writes, even if they lost a lot of talent and they still started from a very high place, don't make the same mistake many made last year of writing the Bruins off. They should still be a playoff team. So let's talk about that. Who's in? Who's out of the playoff picture? Coming up after the break. All right, the big question for us here on Locked On Boston Bruins, are the Bruins still a playoff team? I think with Bergeron, easy answer, that's yes. If he retires, and let's assume Krejci is gone as well, becomes a bit dicier. If they can bring in some help at center, obviously that that would be a, a huge bonus, but... If they have to roll with Coyle and Zaka as their top two centers, that's tough. Now, again, they do have David Posternock, Charlie McAvoy, uh, a strong goaltending duo that they're committed to in Allmark and Swayman. Still have pretty much the same defense that was best in terms of goals allowed per game last season, so that will help. Um, 
we need to look at the other teams as well in the division and see whether or not they will be playoff teams. I think we can safely assume that Montreal will not be in playoff contention. Um, the Senators, I think, still on the outside looking in after losing to Brinkett. Detroit, they improved a lot, but probably not enough to make it into the playoffs. The Sabres, I think, could very well challenge for a playoff spot. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if the Panthers drop off a little. And then you have the top three from the last few years in Boston, Tampa, Toronto, all three of whom you could say have taken steps back this offseason. So that's going to help. The division isn't as strong. The quality of competition won't be as strong. Don't get me wrong. It's still formidable. And um, I think the main thing you need to look at is how strong the Metropolitan Division is and the very real possibility that only three teams from the Atlantic could make the playoffs. You have the Carolina Hurricanes, who finished second in the conference. New Jersey, still very strong. Arguably could be better with a full season from Timo Meyer. The New York Rangers. Uh, the Penguins. Capitals will be looking to get back into playoff contention after missing the season. The Islanders have one of the best goalies in the NHL. Uh, that's some pretty strong teams there. Who knows if Columbus will get a bit of a bump? Probably not enough to get in the playoffs. The only team you can really write off is the Philadelphia Flyers. Uh, all the other teams will be trying to be more competitive this season. Look, the Blue Jackets didn't hire Mike Babcock to not help this team improve immediately. Last season was a real write-off for them. They lost a bunch of players to injury. Um, the goal there will be to be better. You can bet Washington and Pittsburgh will be angling to get back into the playoffs sooner than later. And the Islanders, right there, they finished in a playoff spot. They were a playoff team last year. Uh, Matt Barzell was injured for a lot of the balance of last season. Bo Horvat, a full year there. Rangers, Hurricanes, Devils, all will be very strong. So it's very possible that only three teams from the Atlantic We'll make the playoffs no wildcard teams. Will that be the Bruins? Will they be bad enough to be a wildcard team? I think if Bergeron's back, they should be a top three team in the Atlantic. Um, they'll be fighting with Toronto, Tampa, Buffalo, probably Florida still as well for... Um, a spot in the postseason next year, but I would not be surprised at all if there's five playoff teams from the Metropolitan Division and only three from the Atlantic, making it even more difficult and more important to um, to beat those Atlantic Division teams. Um, that's my pretty early assessment of the Atlantic Division. Let me know if you think I'm wrong. I'd go Toronto, Boston. Tampa, Buffalo, 
Florida, Detroit, Ottawa, Montreal in the Atlantic this coming season. All right, friends, that's it for today's episode of Locked On Boston Bruins. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen. Thank you to all those who subscribe and our everyday listeners. It really does mean a lot. We'll be back tomorrow to talk about why the Bruins, there's reason for optimism for next season. And then on Friday, a mailbag episode. So please do send in some questions. Reminder, next week I'll be on vacation. May have one episode later in the week, but I will post a breaking news video if Frederick and or Swayman uh, resign. Take care, friends. We will talk to you again tomorrow here on Locked On Boston Ruins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your favorite team every single day.